Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Good afternoon, and welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. We are a Christian internet church and a local church assembly in the name of Jesus Christ, founded on the love of God, amen, and the blood of Jesus Christ. We want to thank each of you for joining us this morning. This is a particularly special Sunday to us, and the Lord is going to commemorate this day in our lives. Amen. I know that many of you uh, are aware that we entered into a fast this morning at 12.01 a.m. And the fast is continuous through midnight uh, on the 31st. There are 12 full days of fasting. And as you know, the dietary uh, situation has already been discussed. We will be in the book of Hebrews. We will be uh, seeking the Lord about foolishness versus wisdom. That's an important thing, foolishness versus wisdom. You know, we serve the all-wise God, the only wise God. And foolishness and wisdom don't go together. So we will be seeking the Lord because we are called to come into agreement with who Jesus Christ really is. And since we are, that means we have to change. That means the foolishness that has been a part of our lives must go someplace else because it cannot remain in us. You see, if we want more Jesus, we have to get rid of something else. Amen? And I believe that we all have that same desire in our hearts to have more Jesus, more of Jesus expressed through our everyday living. But that also means that all those things that are simply not him need to leave. Amen? We've been working on this change for some time, you know. We've uh, been out of 2 Chronicles 7.14 where the Lord tells us quite specifically that we need to turn from our wicked way. And we've been turning. Slowly sometimes, but we've been doing it. And the Holy Spirit has helped us out tremendously. But you see, there comes a time when we need to desire deep from within to be emptied of those other things that keep getting in the way. We need to come to a place deep within that we don't want those things anymore. You see, they've been familiar to us for a very, very long time. They've been a part of our lives, and we just assumed that was us. But Jesus says, no, I'm here, and I'm separating the wheat from the chaff. And some of that in your life is not me. It's just other. Everything is not necessarily evil or bad. Some things are just other. They get in the way of the full expression of the Lord Jesus Christ through our lives. 
they aren't necessarily always uh, blockages or hindrances. They're just other. And they need to be set aside so that the Lord has free reign in our lives, so that he has full expression. He can use our lives as he sees fit. And so as we seek the Lord during these 12 days in particular, we need to expect him to let us know about those other things, those other things that come in and choke out the word of God, those other things that keep distracting us from him. You see, he's calling us, saints, to a deeper walk in him. He's calling us to a place of commitment, a place of devotion, a place of sanctification, a place of consecration. He's calling us deeper. It's not that where we are now is such an awful place. It's just that he has so much more for us. But we have to open our hearts to him, and we have to yield to him. We've been growing steadily. Every week, we get three meals, and they are full meals, so that we can grow on. But God wants more out of us than he has seen thus far. Amen? He wants us to overcome in every single challenge, not every other challenge. Amen? And we can do that. We can do it. We can opt out of the other through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can opt out. We don't have to continue doing it the way we've always done it, reacting the way we've always reacted, thinking the way we've always thought. We can move in a new direction with Jesus. You see, he's come to set the captives free. You do not have to remain in the same prison cell of the way you've always done it or the way you've always seen it or the way you've always felt about it. The prison cell has been opened, and so the prisoner is free to leave if the prisoner will go. You see, there's some prisoners that although the door is open, they don't want to leave the cell. I hope that's not one of you. I hope that you realize during the course of this fast that you can walk out the door and into freedom. We were designed for freedom. We were made for that. Jesus came to set the captives free. But you've got to want that. And you've got to press in for that. God's given you a promise, and you don't see it quite coming to pass in two minutes the way you expected. Well, you have to learn that you must use faith. You have to praise the Lord. You have to believe him all the way till you have the full manifestation, till it's right in your presence in the natural. You can't just get discouraged and give up and quit because things don't appear to be 
what you expected. You actually have to get up off your own feelings and kick them to the curb. You have to decide that feelings are not reality. You have to finally come to the conclusion that no matter what you are presently experiencing, what Jesus promised you is what he intends to deliver. You got to get there. You have to get there. You have to come to the place that you fully acknowledge and you are fully persuaded that what Jesus Christ has promised you is not only available to you, but he wants you to have it. But you've got to want it too. You've got to want it. You've got to want it enough to submit to the will of God for your life. You see, you start out wanting a certain thing, and God uses your prayer to bring you to a place where you begin to want what he wants for you. You begin to want what he wants for you. And the Holy Spirit comes along because he knows the mind of God and he knows what's in your mind. And he intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words to bring us from where we are till we're in agreement with the mind of God and until we submit ourselves to his will so that his will is what is done in our lives. But some of us are quitters and some of us are chickens. You see, eagles soar, not chickens. Chickens peck around in a chicken yard, running away from the roosters. Chickens don't fly. They just flap. Chickens don't ascend into the sky. Chickens don't sit on high perches and look low. Chickens do not soar in the air. Chickens just flap on the ground. But you see, God has never called you to be a chicken. The type that God gives in the Bible is not a chicken. Yes, they call it the church bird. But that's not the symbology that Jesus uses. He uses the eagle. Eagles don't flap all day long. They flap once, twice, and then they soar. You see, it's the wind and the currents of the wind that takes the eagle where he needs to go. He doesn't decide his own pattern. The breath takes him where he needs to be. And then he spies his prey. He descends at the right timing, and it's over. Too many of the saints 
want to be chickens in the chicken yard. When Jesus has called you to act far more like an eagle. But you see, you've got to want to resign from being a chicken. You can't sit here and listen to eagle sermons Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, week after week, month after month, year after year, and still sitting there playing with your little feathers. It's not going to work. It's not. It's time to decide that either you're going to be what God has called you to be or you're just not. You have to decide. No one can do it for you. Pastor can't do it. Assistant Pastor Bill can't do it. Brother Marshall can't do it for you. You have to do it. You have to decide. Am I going to be all that God has called me to be? Am I going to step out of my shell and become who Jesus has always wanted me to be? You have to realize Jesus paid a great price to give you the opportunity. He had to die for you. If there had only been five people on the earth, he still would have died for those five people. It's so much easier to sit back and just say, well, I'm doing okay right where I am. But no, when you have not completed the will of God for your life, you're not okay. You're not. You're just like the chairs in the church. You're sitting on the premises. You're not fully partaking of the promises. And we have great and precious promises. We have opportunities that heathen have never had. And as long as they remain heathen, they will never get. You see, you have angelic protection. Now, those little fat babies with wings are not angels. If you think they are, repent. That's not an angel. Angels are huge. Their feet may be on the earth, but their knees are in the sky. You have divine angelic protection. Their swords are bigger than you are. I can remember when I was a much younger Christian, and I had just gotten my prayer life. I asked the Lord of what a baby would pray. I said, Lord, the devil has been so bad. Help me to do something to him. He's hurt so many people. At least let my sword poke him in the feet. When I get to be a bigger saint, I'll do more. And all of a sudden, I could see it. I could see this huge angel doing exercises with his sword. He was moving it this way and then that way. And I was so little. I was way down by his feet. But I was doing the exact same things he was doing. Same movement, same timing, same accuracy, same precision. You see, saints, 
It doesn't matter where you are in the growth process. You have to fulfill your potential at that level. You must fulfill. That doesn't mean seven-eighths of the way. It means all the way. If you're in preschool, you have to fulfill your potential in preschool. If you're in kindergarten, you have to fulfill your potential in kindergarten. If you're in sandbox, you have to fulfill your potential in sandbox. It doesn't matter how old you are in Christ. Wherever you are, you must fulfill your potential in Christ at that level. And you can't back up and you can't back down. You're either going to keep moving forward or you're going to lose ground. And the Lord is looking out over this congregation, and he knows the word that he has planted in your spirit, but he is not seeing the fruit of what he has planted. I know this is different from how we usually do it, but this is a different Sunday. We usually start with Holy Communion. Today we're starting with the sermon. You see, I got up at 5.30 this morning. I spent time with the Lord. I prepared a full message, and God said, not. In fact, he didn't even allow me to bring it to church with me. I went, okay. <laughs> so I want to thank the Lord for Brother Bill because when I told him, he said, oh, what are you worried about? You know he's going to tell you what to say. <laughs> yes, I do know that. But I went through a lot this morning <laughs> trying to get that sermon together. I'm like, okay, Lord, so much for that. Moving right along. God is expecting more than we're giving him back. And he's looking at each one of us, and he's saying, I did this. It's like you put a plant in the ground. You put it in the ground. You put it in nice soil. You went to the, to the store and bought some extra soil to put in the ground to fortify to make it better. You put the plant in. You watered it, you put a little fertilizer around, you put some mulch around it, you clipped off the dead ends, and you says, okay, it's time to grow. It's time to produce. But it's not producing. And you're going, well, what's wrong with you? You've got everything you need to blossom and to flower and to allow the fragrance of the Holy Spirit to come flooding through your life but you're not doing it yet. And so the Lord is giving us a reproof today. He's saying he's worked with you over and over and over again, and he wants more of what he put in you than what you're giving him. He wants more. It's in you. He knows it's in you. He put it in you. He wants more than what you're handing him. 
It's like this. He handed you a $100 bill, and you handed him back a $15. And he said, I handed you a $100 bill. Why are you handing me back $15? Amen? So today we're going to do things differently. Today we're going to spend some time before the Lord, allowing him to speak to our hearts. You see, this is the first day of the fast. And he's wanting us to allow him deeper into our lives. You know, okay, God, you're right here. I tell you all my problems and blah, blah, blah. No, he wants to go deeper. And so there's some other things that he's going to require of us because he wants to go deeper. You see, the Father has this beautiful, wonderful plan for each of our lives. But we have to yield to the plan. In Job, there's a scripture that says, Acquaint now thyself with God and be at peace, and thereby great good should come to us. I think I have that scripture right here somewhere. Oh, no, no, I'll get it. As soon as the computer wants to talk to me. Amen. He says in Job twenty two twenty one, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Acquaint means to agree with him, to get into agreement with God. A hundred percent agreement, not fifty percent agreement. Acquaint yourself means to come out of the position you're in and agree with God. Agree, just agree with Him. He'll handle the rest until He asks you to do the next thing. Agree with Him. Amos three three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? You see, we have the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. So when you bring your prayer request before the Lord and you list your scriptures, your brethren and sisters in Christ come into agreement with the Godhead, with what God wants for you with God's answer and solution to your dilemma and with the scriptures that you're standing on concerning your issue. You see, in order for God to answer, there must be some agreement. And in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room, the body of Christ comes into agreement with God and with you. There's a reason it works so differently from other prayer rooms and situations. Because first we take hold of God's hand, and then through those scriptures we take hold of your hand. And we bring agreement so that God moves. 
Some of you, before you get the prayer request in good, God's already answered. And it's because we do it differently. If we did what everybody else did, it would take longer for your prayer request to get answered. So I said that to say this. There's some things we need to look at differently in life. There's some things we need to do differently. Some of our tradition that's hindering us needs to drop away because God has a new and better way. It's in the scriptures. You've just never seen it that way before. He's got a new way to handle the same old problem. And so God wants our undivided attention on this fact. He wants that other to get out of the way, whatever it is, because he is taking center stage. He wants us completely yielded to him because he wants to come inside of us and change us. We don't get to stay on this level forever. We have to move up. He has a calling on this ministry. He has plans, and they're going to come to pass. They're going to come to pass. What he intended for this ministry to do, we will do. We will do the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. We will do this. No, we are not like other churches. We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be just who we are. When you come to visit us, we do not have a choir. We don't have an usher board. We don't have a whole lot of other things that other churches have. And some of you are longing for that. Just like the Hebrew children wanted to go back to Egypt for the leeks and the onions. And God is saying to you, This is what I'm doing. Do this. But you want to go back to the old land of familiarity. Well, you're going to find something out if you go back, that God is not even going to allow them to do the same old thing they used to do before. He'll shut them down again. You see, during COVID, God said, okay, this is it. He put the brakes on. So you couldn't do things the way you always did them. Things had to change. But then some of you just haven't quite got it yet. You want to run back to the land of familiarity. Well, I I want to, and I want to, and he's saying, no, I'm not doing that now. I'm doing something new. Come with me. But you want to run back to what you're familiar with. He's not doing it that way. He's not taking you back the old familiar way. He's not doing it. We're too close to the end. Things must change. The Antichrist is already here. Wake up. If you can't see from the things we pray about that we're moving fast forward to the end, something's wrong. 
If you can't tell that there isn't much time left, something's wrong. You need to open your eyes and shake yourself because this is a real world. And what's in the Bible is going to come to pass. And some of us will be on earth when it does. So, God's saying it's time for a change. It's time to shift. It's time to make adjustments. Because we have to go into the next phase of growth in order to do what he wants us to do. So if you're still sitting there on your lily pad, I strongly advise you to jump off of it. God is ready to get us ready to go off. We're never going to be like other people. He didn't design us to be like them. And some of them he's going to shut down because he's had enough of that. He's had that move. It's done what it was supposed to do. You're going to go back to some of those old haunts you used to go to and find out there's almost nobody there. God's moving on. You either move with him or you get left behind, and that's the way it works. Didn't you read in the Bible every time the Hebrews decided, well, we just want to go back to Egypt, that God allowed something awful to happen to them? The serpents came and bit them, and this happened, and plagues, and they fell dead in the wilderness, all kind of horrible stuff. Why? Because God's saying go forward, and they want to go back to old familiar life. They sat there, and they lusted after what they used to have to eat. So he gave them fowl. He gave them birds. Oh, they ran out and got them and did this and that. And before the food was barely in their mouth, they got sick as a dog. No disrespect to the canines. See, when God says it's time to get up, it's time to grow, it's time to expand, it's time to do this, it's time to do it's time right then, not when you get ready. Some of you, it's going to mean major changes in your life. Major. Like this was not your lifestyle before, but it is now. So you had your life all planned out, you know. You had your little idea, it's going this way and this way, and then this year we're going to do this and then that. And the other, you know, I discovered that didn't work for me back in college. They kept telling me I needed to plan the next five years of my life every time I turn around. And I tried to plan one year, and it didn't work. God broke me out of that habit so long ago, it's not funny. So for those of you who have your life all figured out, all planned out, all scheduled out, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, and plan F. Don't be shocked if all your plans go down the drain. God is making a way for him in your life. And that's all I'm going to say today. I'm not going to say another thing.
That's what God wants to tell us. Get off your predetermined plan of the way you always wanted your life and the way it ought to go. And on Mondays you do laundry and on Tuesdays you do grocery and on and on and on. Get off that. You're either going to surrender completely to him or you're going to wish you had completely surrendered to him. That's really the truth. So with that, we need to repent, at least those of us who desire to should. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you you changed the whole order of service today because you had something to say. You didn't even allow me to bring the sermon to church with me, and I thank you. I thank you for your holiness. I thank you for your sovereignty. I thank you that we hear from the true and living God, not a predetermined sermon and not yesterday's meal. We repent for thinking we had it all figured out. We repent of every plan we've ever made that we didn't submit first to you. We repent of thinking life ought to go our way instead of your way for us. Instead of your way for us, Lord. Jesus said that he'd come to do the will of the Father. You tell us, Lord, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus said he came to do the Father's will. And he was focused on the Father's will. He didn't come to do anything else but the Father's will. And so, Lord, we realize that our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. So we come before you, Lord, asking you to strengthen us in our inner man that we might do the will of the Father, that we might be as dedicated as committed, as sincere, without hypocrisy, without double-mindedness, without fear, without doubt, and without unbelief, without wrath, that we might be as committed to doing the will of the Father as Jesus is and as he was here on earth. We offer you our lives, Lord. We surrender our lives to you in whole. Not part, but the whole. So thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer today. Help us to turn from our ways that don't please you. Help us, Lord, to draw close to you because you will draw close to us. Help us, Lord, with our weakness. 
Help us, Lord, with our fears. Help us, Lord, with our unbelief. We repent regularly of a wicked heart of unbelief in departing from the true and living God. Help us to trust you, Lord, so that when you change the picture suddenly, we'll know that it's all right. All we need to do is flow with you. Father, we've come before you, laying ourselves on the altar. All of our lives, everything about our lives, we lay it on the altar. We ask you, Lord, to receive our lives as a living sacrifice. Help us to become, Lord, what you've always desired for us to be. In Jesus' name. Now, for those of you who are first-time listeners, you don't know quite what to think, but that's okay. We're going to have Holy Communion now. So I hope you have some elements there close by because this is what you'll need. Amen? For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Thank you, Lord. And said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. And after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Partake of the cup. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, 
We are chastened of the Lord, thank you, Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen. Amen. So say, you have heard from the Lord. It's time for you to spend some time with him. Amen. It's time for you to take the words that were spoken to you under the inspiration of the Holy One to heart. Not just another sermon, but a call to action. Amen? Pastor loves you. Pastor's going to spend time with the Lord too, as you expected. And I pray that you will allow the Lord to do all that he wants to do in you during these next 12 days. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you. Come home.